My name's Anna Cartwright. I'm a trainee clinical psychologist studying for a doctorate in clinical psychology at University College London. I'm currently on my final six months placement working at Amplify Your People. During the COVID-19 pandemic, we've adapted our ways of working and as a result have started writing blogs and recording podcasts. The following is a recording of our recent blog entitled Bouncing Back to a New Normal, which you can find on our website. When I applied for doctoral training, I expected my working days to mostly be spent working with NHS clients face-to-face, maybe with a few group sessions, staff consultations, and the odd learning event. Until now, that has pretty much been the case, whether in a clinic, people's homes, in hospitals, or in prison. Fast forward three years, and here I am, on my final six-month placement, working from my dining room. COVID-19 has made it impossible for most of us to do the jobs we know. We cannot work in the ways that we are used to. We've been thrown off track. The concept of resilience has been around for decades, but our understanding of what this means continues to change. During the 1970s, researchers sought to understand the development and prevention of psychopathology amongst those experiencing adverse events or issues such as poverty, trauma or disaster. Those who did not experience maladaptive outcomes or who bounced back quickly following deterioration in functioning were considered resilient. The what had, in a sense, been established, and these definitions stuck. A quick search on Google shows a definition of resilience as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. However, over time, there's been a shift away from the idea of resilience as a fixed trait, characteristic, or innate capacity. It is not something that we either have or don't have. Resilience is an interactive process, something that changes, that depends on context, and that can be learned and developed. That is not to say that the experiences that we've been through in our lives, our genetic makeup, and our neurobiology don't have an effect on how we are impacted by adversity, but there are so many other factors involved. A quote by Sacom in 2002 reads, The widely held view of resiliency as an individual disposition family trait, or community phenomenon is insufficient. Resiliency cannot be understood or improved in significant ways by focusing merely on these individual level factors. As humans, we do not exist in isolation, although it might feel like it sometimes during lockdown. We are in fact social beings. Therefore, resilience is not just about us as individuals. It includes our families, our teams, and the organisations within which we work, as well as our communities and society as a whole. Words associated with resilience, such as bounce back or recover, suggest a return to a previous optimal or normal state. But what if the adversity means that as individuals, teams and organisations, we cannot return to these previous levels of functioning? There is so much uncertainty as to what the future holds, and how COVID-19 will continue to affect our day-to-day lives. But one thing that is certain is that we will not be bouncing back anytime soon to our pre-COVID lives. We are instead faced with the challenge of adapting. Dale Carnegie and Associates published a white paper on developing a resilient workforce, in which they outlined a number of ways of building resilience at an organisational, team and individual level. At the organisational level... Factors such as having a shared purpose, adequate resources and a culture of learning and development 
are all associated with increased resilience. At the team level, things that can help build resilience include communication within the team, building an understanding of the concerns and emotional states of ourselves and others within the team, building and maintaining positive trusting relationships with members of our team, and supporting team members to feel valued and empowered. Finally, at an individual level, factors associated with increased resilience and things that we can do to build our resilience include building a positive attitude and also improving our self-confidence. Amidst all of the uncertainty, we can think of this as an unplanned, unexpected, but exciting opportunity. An opportunity to learn new skills, try new things, and challenge ourselves to do things differently. During lockdown, individuals and businesses have adapted. Pubs have delivered roast dinners to our doors. Musicians have recorded new songs from their front rooms, collaborating with artists from around the world. Gyms have live-streamed home workouts. Museums have launched virtual tours. The list could go on. People have come together and adapted into new ways of working. As psychologists at Amplify Your People, we're providing learning events via webinars, writing blogs, offering consultation and support via the phone and video call. And these new ways of working can push us out of our comfort zone, bringing with them feelings of anxiety. But we can do new and anxiety-provoking things with the knowledge that over time they will become more comfortable and even enjoyable. As my clinical training draws to an end, the future of clinical psychology is uncertain but exciting. Of course, there is still an important place for traditional therapy, but our primary role is no longer working one-to-one with clients face-to-face. Even when it is safe and we are allowed to work in this way again, the option of working differently will provide the flexibility that will surely enable more people to access support. That can only be a good thing. For many of us, it's not yet clear what our new normal might be, but we can be sure that as a result of this, we will have new skills, new abilities and more choices. And that will be our new normal. Thanks for listening and please do join us again for another of our podcasts.